Welcome to Conservation Today. We interview people about our environment in Douglas County. I am your host, Francis Etherington. Today I'm speaking with Stuart Liebowitz from the Douglas County Global Warming Coalition. Stuart will tell us about upcoming events you won't want to miss. Mark your calendars for these four events. Friday, September 20th, noon to 1 p.m., is the Climate March to Demand Climate Action Now. This is a national march, and in Douglas County, it's going to happen on Garden Valley Boulevard in front of Fred Meyer, September 20th, noon to 1 p.m. The following week, Friday, September 27th, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Roseburg Library, will be a symposium called Protecting the Headwaters in an Extreme Climate. We're going to have some really competent speakers at that event. And then October 5th is the Smart Energy Tour, beginning at 9 a.m. at the Fish Food Pantry. Stuart will give us information on how to eat RSVP for that event. And finally, on October 30th, 6.30 at the library is another informative discussion called Moving Toward a Fossil Fuel-Free Future with Professor uh, Randall Bluffstone and Dylan Cruz from Sustainable Northwest. Now, you recall that we talked with Dylan Cruz on this program last year, so don't miss seeing him in person at the library October 30th. Down in the description of this podcast, I've put links to all these events so you can get more information there, and Stuart is going to tell us more about these events and some of the current issues with climate change. Welcome, Stuart. Hi, Francis. How are you? Good. So I'm so pleased to be talking with you again today. We're talking with Stuart Lieberwitz, one of the founding members of the Douglas County Global Warming Coalition. So, Stuart, what's going on these days with uh, the Douglas County Global Warming Coalition? Well, we have a uh, have several events coming uh, both this month and next month, and we're very excited about it. Uh, the one that's uh, coming up next is in conjunction with a worldwide effort to draw attention to climate change. Now, I, if uh, people have been following, there's this wonderful young woman, a 16-year-old uh, girl from Norway named Greta Thunberg, and she is the uh, the gal who led uh, student strikes across the world in uh, to draw attention to climate change. She uh, actually went across the Atlantic in um, in a uh, solar powered yacht to avoid any carbon uh, footprint, and she will be speaking at the UN. And uh, joining everybody on the week of September 20th, where actions will be happening in Oregon, in the United States, and across the world to really emphasize the urgency of climate change. Now, here in Douglas County, we are co-sponsoring an event on Friday, September 20th, from noon to 1 p.m. We're co-sponsoring this with the League of Women Voters. And we will be gathering on Garden Valley Boulevard in front of Fred Meyer to stand for immediate action on climate change. Now, again, this is part of uh, a uh, 
a worldwide effort to draw attention to the urgency of, of climate change. <clears throat> and uh, the urgency cannot be overstated. You know, as temperatures rise, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, wildfires in the Pacific Northwest grow hotter with unprecedented hurricanes, which we just saw in the, uh, in the Bahamas and the Amazon forest ablaze, and science telling us that we have about a decade to avoid a climate catastrophe. Now is the time to show worldwide support for action on this issue because on our shoulders rests the responsibility to leave our kids and grandkids a healthy planet. So, uh, again, we'll be gathering from noon to 1 on Friday, September 20th uh, to show uh, our support and solidarity with everybody across uh, Oregon and the United States. Uh, in Corvallis, there are students that are going to be walking out of their, their classrooms, also in Ashland. Uh, so this is a, a statewide effort, and we will be doing our part, our share, to draw attention to this uh, very critical issue. Now, I... I uh, so, so we're gathering... Um, it, a week and two days from now, that's Friday, September 20th, that's at right. noon at the Fred Meyer, so people can come over on their lunch hour and yes. stand for climate. And and we're also supporting the youth. I mean, Greta is just 16 years old and leading a lot of the youth saying, hey, this is our lives you're talking about. So let's all show up on the 20th at our lunch hour at noon at Fred Myers and and demand what are we demanding? Well, we are demanding uh you know action on climate change now as you know. We were uh unsuccessful in passing a comprehensive uh cap and invest bill in Oregon because the uh unethical and unscrupulous Senate Republicans walked out. And so uh, we are going to redouble our efforts for the 2020 session, and uh, we'll uh, figure out ways to make this happen, because 2020 must be the year that uh, climate action takes place in Oregon, because we have uh, deferred action way too long in Oregon on this vital issue. There was a cap-and-invest bill that we had hoped to pass this year in the Oregon legislature. And um, so what happened with that, with that bill? Why didn't we get it passed? I know well, me and you have spoken before. People can refer to the past uh, podcast with you exactly what that bill does. But it, it tried to reduce our carbon emissions in Oregon. Oh, uh, by uh, 80% by 2050 with yeah. uh, significant benchmarks along the way. And it passed the House, and it was all set to pass the Senate. And the Republicans walked out denying a quorum. And so we were unable to actually have a vote. Otherwise, that vote would have uh, passed that bill. And the, the Well, now, why, why did the Republicans walk out? Do they want climate change? Is that what they want? No, they, they are in denial. This is uh, basically what's going on. They uh, forwarded the usual mantra that this will destroy the economy and destroy jobs and all that, and all the studies uh, were to the contrary. In fact, uh, empirically, the states that have uh, adopted this type of bill have experienced economic growth that exceeded the national average. So all of this were scare tactics 
by in, by the polluting industries that uh, worked in conjunction with the Senate Republicans. And that's what precipitated the walkout. And what made this particularly unscrupulous is that they had walked out earlier in the session, and in exchange for dropping a certain piece of legislation, they promised not to walk out again, but that promise was an empty one. So uh, this uh, shelved the bill. But we're going to come back in 2020. We are going to uh, figure out ways to make sure that Oregon will be the state that takes uh, comprehensive and significant action on climate change. And so again, will this, we will we try and reintroduce a similar bill and try it all over again, or will it be a different bill that we're going to introduce? Well, this is still part of the strategy, but uh, any bill that's introduced will be as strong as the bill that we fought for uh, uh, in 2019. So we are not compromising because there cannot be a compromise on the uh, on the uh, health of the planet. And so, what what's going to prevent the Republicans from just walking out again? I mean, well, this is part of the strategy that we're working on right now. So uh, we will we will see exactly how this will play out. So we are we are in conversation with our allies across the state. And uh, we will uh, see uh, the best way to prevent this. There's um, a long-term solution, and this is being forwarded by Ginny Burdick uh, in uh, the state legislature, that will redefine uh, the quorum, because right now you need two-thirds of the senators to be uh, present. And virtually all other states just require a majority. So she wants to introduce an initiative uh, for the people to vote on to change that. But in the meantime, we're going to have to uh, figure out ways to pressure the Republicans uh, to uh, to not pull these shenanigans again. But uh, we have other options that we are exploring, and, and right now uh, we are absolutely persuaded that whatever option we choose, uh, Oregon will be a state that adopts comprehensive uh, climate change legislation. But that that can only happen if we raise our voices here and across the state. This is the type of pressure that we need to uh, place on all legislators as well as uh, bring uh, this issue to the forefront to the public. Well, that's interesting. Well, we certainly need some success in the near future because – Weather's changing quick. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give you uh, some interesting statistics here. Um, as people uh, were aware with uh, Hurricane Dorian that uh, wreaked uh, unprecedented havoc on the Bahamas, this was what was known as a Category 5 hurricane, the strongest uh, categorization that you will see in a hurricane. Now, to put that in perspective, uh, since 1880, we've had 35 recorded Category 5 hurricanes We have had in the Atlantic. We have had five Category 5 hurricanes in the last five years. So when the oceans warm, which they have, that will uh, create stronger and more deadly hurricanes. And this is what we're seeing. So... 
Um, this is uh, one of the uh, uh, difficulties that we are confronting, and it's something that we need to uh, uh, address. Is Are we going at the rate of climate change that was estimated uh, 10 years ago? Are, are we on track for well, the estimation of climate change? Well, here's an interesting statistic. As uh, we noted in uh, earlier this year, June and July were the hottest months on record, and we saw record melting of the Greenland ice sheets. And that is... Uh, uh, very ominous because when Greenland melts, uh, this will cause uh, significant sea level rises. And a climate researcher from the U University of Liege said that the current rate of melting is what the most pessimistic models projected for the year 2070. So to answer your question, we are you know, at least 50 in that timeline in regards to seeing Greenland melting and the Arctic melting. And so uh, if the current rate of melt in Greenland continues, by the end of the century we'll see a sea level rise. They will contribute to a sea level rise of 13 inches. That will not be the only contributory factor, but that is one of them. And, and of course, ominously, if all of Greenland ultimately melts, uh, it would raise sea levels over 20 feet. So uh, we are... Uh, we are and there goes Coos Bay, right? Uh, yeah, there goes Coos Bay and there a few other bays. There goes the LSD terminal. <laughs> yeah. So this is why uh, this sense of urgency, uh, the, the latest science that was released by the UN, uh, stated that we have only till the end of the, of the 2020s to reduce fossil fuel uh, uh, emissions 45% uh, in order to avoid a climate catastrophe. And we're going in the reverse direction right now, thanks to the actions of the federal government. We uh, have increased emissions here in the United States last year by 3.7%. So we are going in the wrong direction. And all the regulatory or deregulatory uh, actions by the federal government are contributing to that right now. So this is why we are gathering on Friday the 20th to bring this to the attention of the, of the public and to put pressure on legislators uh, here and around the world that uh, this is the issue of our time. And young people recognize that. That's why they walk out uh, of their schools, and that's why they are following the lead of, of Greta and others to, uh, to uh, make sure that when they are our age, we, they will have a, a planet as good, if not better, than uh, than uh, we have right now. So that's that's uh, how important this is. I mean, sometimes we kind of feel hopeless, like what can we do? But actually, one thing we can do is show up on that's Friday right. the 20th and just have a big crowd there to show that we really demand, you know, some action on climate change. And we could start with the state of Oregon, our own state, and, and let's do it here. That's right. If people uh, think about this, uh, think about the, the, the wildfires that choked us last year. Um, it, it was just unprecedented in terms of dealing with this. And according to the National Climate Assessment Report, 
that was released uh, a year ago. Uh, the uh, the wildfires will only increase; they will get hotter, and and we will suffer accordingly. Last year, they had to virtually shut down part of the Shakespearean Festival in Ashland because of the smoke. So this affects our daily lives as well as uh, you know threatening lives. So this is uh, uh, coming home as well as uh, some sort of uh, distant projection. So we are seeing the impacts of climate change right now. We are suffering from it, and uh, we can no longer afford to wait. And it affects the wine industry, our newest little industry, the wine industry, I hear, is taking a hit on the flavor of their wine because of the smoke on the grapes. That's absolutely right. And, of course, with the change in climate, uh, the uh, types of uh, wine that you can, uh, grapes you can grow also changes. So this is very critical to uh, to draw attention to the wide panoply of, of uh, impacts that uh, are happening now and will happen in the future. Stuart, we're going to take a break. We have been talking with Stuart Lieberwitz with the Douglas County Global Warming Coalition. This is Conservation Today, and I'm your host, Francis Etherington, and we'll be right back. We are back talking with Stuart Lieberwitz about climate change and some events coming up in Roseburg. Now, we've already talked about the Climate March on September 20th. That's on Garden Valley, noon to one, be there. Stuart, what else is happening that our listeners would be interested in? Yes, we have uh, actually three additional events. We are, we are a busy coalition. Uh, on a, in a very positive note, we are uh, going to have our 18th annual Smart Energy Green and Solar Tour. Uh, and this will occur on Saturday, October 5th, and it will begin at 9 a.m., at uh, the Fish Food Pantry, which is on Jerry's Drive, which is two streets past Costco on Highway 99. And uh, we're particularly excited about this year's event for several reasons. Uh, the Energy Trust of Oregon has developed a scoring system that allows you to evaluate the energy savings as well as the carbon footprint that a house is responsible for compared to uh, a house of similar size. So when you have what they call an EPS score, an energy performance score, then you will have certain features that will lower your carbon footprint and uh, maximize your energy savings. And we are fortunate to have on the tour this year uh, uh, two homes that uh, were built by Habitat for Humanity that have low EPS uh, ratings and... What is EPS? An energy performance score. And okay. that score tells you the amount of carbon footprint that is emitted compared to a house of similar size that is not rated and also the amount of energy savings that you will see. So here is um, uh, an example of how you can uh, build a new home that really reduces your, your your footprint, saves you money, and, of course, uh, uh, the the real nice part is that it's a Habitat for Humanity uh, home as well. 
So it's kind wow. of the best of all possible worlds. Um, we'll yeah. be meeting, as I said, at the Fish Food Pantry, and uh, it will be starting at 9 a.m. And uh, the uh, interesting thing is uh, the Fish Food Pantry just put in a 17-kilowatt solar uh, array, which will provide 40% of its electricity. Now, the nice thing about that is that the money saved can be used to devote, uh, maximize their resources to feed uh, the hungry in, in Douglas County. In addition, they also have uh, instituted a variety of uh, energy efficiency measures as well. So these are two of the four stops that will be on the tour. Um, and for $10, uh, uh, you can get a free lunch and transportation. So it is, uh, you know, so it's really important uh, that uh, we can really demonstrate that there is there are positive solutions out there. This is October fifth at nine o'clock a.m. Meet at the Fish Food Pantry. Do you have an address for that? Yes, it's four o five Jerry's Drive, and that's just two streets past Costco. Now, pre-registration is required. So in order to uh, pre-register, uh, I'll give you a phone number and, uh, and also an email. So Great. The- and and I, will, I will have all this uh, info in the uh, information under the podcast so people can see it written down there. That sounds great. Um, so uh, uh, my number is 541 672-9819 or you can email solartoursignup at gmail.com so there are S- two ways S- to pre-register S-O-L-A-R-T-O-U-R S-I-G-N-U-P dot not dot at at gmail at gmail.com Okay. And uh, the numbers are limited, so it really pays to uh, sign up early. And one nice little feature, we have a volunteer uh, for one of our tra- to provide transportation. Uh, she will be driving people around in an all-electric Tesla. Oh, cool. So, so people, there will be a select few who will be fortunate <laughs> enough to ride in a Tesla this year. So uh, the... Uh, uh, this particular uh, uh, solar tour, uh, green and solar tour, is really exciting, uh, and will demonstrate uh, ways that uh, we can actually uh, individually uh, take steps to uh, save money and save the planet all at the same time. So uh, we will. It sounds fascinating, you know, especially the Habitat for Humanity homes. Um, are, is anybody living in the homes yes, at this uh, point? Yes, mm-hmm. they are, and they've been generous enough to open their homes uh, to uh, to let people uh, see all the innovations that uh, went into building uh, a uh, an EPS Energy Performance Score uh, designation. So this is really positive in this regard. Yes, and they're going to have uh, lower monthly bills than the rest yes, of us. Yes, absolutely, and it shows. Uh, uh, the uh, the score will actually show uh, how much savings that they are realizing. 
And one of the, I just also to go back and uh, in terms of the uh, fish uh, food pantry, uh, they also have a display showing how much electricity is being saved uh, through the solar array, so they can actually look at the carbon footprint saved as well as the electricity that is being saved as a result of the solar panels. So uh, people can actually uh, visually uh, understand the benefits of of, uh, of these uh, uh, important methods to uh, uh, reduce uh, the carbon footprint. Well, the contractors that installed all the solar equipment be on hand for folks who might want that contact? Yeah, I I don't know if the actual contractor will be there, but we will have experts there who can answer questions uh, on that, people who are very familiar with. uh, In fact, one of our uh, uh, board members, Melanie McKinnon, will be there, and she is very knowledgeable about this particular solar array. She had a hand in uh, in, uh, working on the grant that uh, uh, allowed uh, the fish food pantry to... uh, uh, access the solar array, so people will have that. We're also um, in the process of trying to get the uh, builder, and I can't guarantee this, but we're trying to get the builder of the Habitat for Humanity home to be there as well, so uh, he can explain uh, precisely what went into the um, the planning, because the interesting thing about Habitat for Humanity is that uh, they sit with the uh, prospective homeowner and plan out exactly the decor, uh, the um, uh, the intricacies that go into the building that will allow them to maximize their savings. So the homeowner is in this uh, up front with the builder, and we're hoping to get the builder talk, to talk about that as well. And then we might also learn about the organization Habitat for Humanity. And yes. how they operate and and how that all works. That's right. And we're hoping to have a representative uh, from Habitat as well so uh, people can uh, appreciate uh, the fine work that they do. So yeah. uh, this is really combining, in a way, social justice, economics, and uh, ecology all uh, wrapped into one display. Sounds fascinating. So that's uh, that's uh, our, our that's uh, another event. We have a, a couple of other events that uh, I'd like to share. If, sure. If so, uh, Umpqua Watersheds uh, Wilderness Committee and and the Douglas County Co- uh, Global Warming Coalition are co-sponsoring a symposium on uh, called uh, "Protecting the Headwaters in an Extreme Climate: A Symposium on the Future of Oregon's Water." And this will be held at the Douglas County Library Ford Room on Friday, September 27th from 6 to 9 p.m. And uh, as we are very much aware, uh, as the climate is changing here in the Pacific Northwest, this will have an impact on the availability of water because the snowpacks will be melting uh, sooner, and and this will alter the uh, precipitation uh and uh and so this will absolutely have an impact on our waters and the uh and the fish that uh depend on them so uh the symposium will have two experts who will speak to different aspects of the problem 
one of them is Jason Durham, a Ph.D. and a research aquatic ecologist with the United States Geological Survey Forest and Rangeland Ecosystem Science Center. I know that's a mouthful, but that's uh, his credential. And he will address ongoing work on water tuned to drought adaptations for beaver and other species, as well as discussing ways in which citizen scientists can use tools to track expansion and contraction of stream networks. Um, the second speaker is Joseph Blanchard, and uh, he's with the Watersheds Program Manager with the Umpqua National Forest, and he'll present the findings of a recent climate change vulnerability assessment and adaptation report for the forests of southwest Oregon. And this will include anticipated changes to peak flows, summer low flows, snowpack and water use, and its impact on forest infrastructure. So this is... Uh, uh, two presentations that can really delve into the details of how a changing climate will impact uh, the forests and the streams that we, we value so, uh, so dearly uh, in our everyday lives, both recreationally and ecologically. And so we are, looking, we are very pleased to co-sponsor this with Uncle Watersheds. Not to mention our, our drinking water. That, oh. uh, yes, uh, yes, of course, our drinking water as well. So uh, this is a, a very uh, important uh, uh, symposium that I believe people will benefit in terms of learning how their lives specifically will be impacted. Well, this so, sounds fascinating. So this is um, protecting headwaters in extreme climate. Is that what the name is? Uh, protecting the headwaters in an extreme climate: a symposium on the future of Oregon's water. And this is Friday, September twenty seventh, uh, six to nine p.m. at the library at the Roseburg Library. That's correct. Okay, well that that sounds uh, very very fascinating. Yes. So we're really pleased about that. Now we have another event that we have just lined up. And this is a little bit down the road, but we're also very excited about this as well. And uh, this will be on October 30th. It's a Wednesday, and it will begin at 6.30 p.m., also in the Douglas County Library, Ford Room. And the title of this event is Moving Towards a Fossil Fuel-Free Future, the Economic Benefits for Rural Communities. You know, we often hear about the transition from a fossil fuel-free uh, economy to a clean energy economy. And uh, with all of the controversy that surrounded our bill and, and how rural communities might be impacted, the, the secret truth to it all is that rural communities will benefit uh, economically from, uh, this tra- uh, as a result of this transition. And uh, we have invited two uh, speakers uh, to address this. Uh, one of them is a Portland State University professor, uh, Randall Bluffstone, and he's an economic ecologist. And he has a, a very, uh, very impressive resume. He has worked internationally. He was uh, an advisor to the Lithuanian government on forest issues in regards to how these uh, forests can be utilized in a positive way, managed positively in a changing climate. And he will bring his expertise here 
to show how that international experience can also uh, be applied locally uh, to uh, our situation in Douglas County. Um, the other speaker is uh, Dylan Cruz, and he is the Sustainable Northwest's Director of Government Affairs and Program Strategy. And uh, uh, he will answer questions uh, in regards to how uh, sustainability and agricultural solutions uh, can be beneficial for our community. And he has also got some very significant credentials. He is the co-chair of the Oregon Forest Biomass Working Group. He's a member of the leadership team of the Rural Voices for Conservation Coalition. He is the bioenergy specialist serving on Sustainable Northwest Statewide Wood Energy Team. He's a member of the steering committee of the National Rural Assembly and a board member on the Biomass Thermal Energy Council. So we have both speakers will talk about their own particular perspectives, one on sustainability and agriculture, one on forest. And uh, the um, exciting thing about Dr. Bluffstone is that he brings an international perspective uh, to uh, this issue, and then he can hone in on how that can apply to our local situation. So we have just uh, uh, arranged these two speakers recently. And so uh, we're Fascinating. looking forward to them. Yeah. So, so that's October 30th, right. uh, the day before Halloween, Halloween Eve. Yes, that's <laughs> right. So that's a Wednesday. Yeah, masks Wednesday. Are, are not required. I, I want okay. you to know. Oh, are <laughs> optional. Say masks are optional. And yes. it's Wednesday, uh, 6.30 at the Roseburg Library, the Ford Room. And it's, it's called Moving Toward a Fossil fuel free future ff ff right the fossil economic- fuel free future yeah and you yeah. mentioned that the rural communities will benefit economically in a fossil free fossil fuel free future right it made me wonder how the farmers will run their tractors well you know the interesting part of the uh, house bill 2020 uh uh was that uh, it was going to dedicate resources to the agricultural community in regards to paying for more uh, efficient uh, uh, tractors, uh, more efficient modern irrigation practices, and so forth. Uh, As a matter of fact, Energy Trust of Oregon uh, has a pilot program in eastern Oregon uh, for incentives for modernizing and upgrading irrigation. So this uh, type of uh, concept can be applied here, and uh, that was one of the uh, uh, thrusts of the original bill that we were, we were pushing. And so uh, this is an example of the actual benefits of, uh, of uh, a transition uh, to uh, a, uh, a clean energy economy. <clears throat> so uh, the reality is um, rural communities, rather than suffering under the yoke of, uh, of uh, climate change, which is what we're doing right now, they will actually be able to benefit once we move away from the cause of climate change 
and offer incentives and possibilities to the agricultural community, uh, to the business community, and to everyday uh, individuals that can see in uh, our rural community that uh, uh, this will actually uh, enhance our economic uh, situation. So this is what we would like to bring to uh, uh, Douglas County on October 30th. Well, it sounds interesting. Is there any um, discussion on the impacts of the timber industry on carbon emissions? Well, this is something we're still uh, in the process of uh, working with Dr. Bluffstone. He would be the one who um, would be most familiar with that. And Mm -hmm. we have just reached out to him, and he just uh, gave his uh, uh, positive response to our uh, uh, invitation. So that is uh, something we're we're, uh, going to be talking about with him and seeing where he wants to emphasize his his presentation. So it is possible, but at this point, uh, it's still in uh, in the planning stages. Of course, the other rural farming issue is the Amazon forest and and the conversion of the forest to food plantations, palm plantations, yeah. Right, and that's uh, a result of Bolsonaro's, uh, the president of Brazil's uh, uh, egregious policies to basically uh, allow uh, farmers, excuse me, mining interests to run amok there. Uh, tear down the trees, uh, setting fires uh, accordingly, and now we have um, uh, the Amazon ablaze and uh, and uh, threatening uh, a tipping point where if uh, such practices continue, it will tip over to a savanna forest. And uh, the Amazon forest is critical not only in terms of biodiversity, but also... Um, a sequester of carbon uh, around the world. I think roughly 5% of all carbon uh, is uh, sequestered by the Amazon forest. And mm-hmm. so uh, we are very much in danger of losing that uh, thanks to the um, uh, uh, unfortunate uh, policies uh, of uh, unsustainable growth in, uh, in Brazil. And so we're hoping that the international pressure will be brought to bear on uh, on Bolsonaro uh, to uh, reverse course. Uh, but at this point, uh, it is uh, problematic. So, we'll have you heard? Have you heard uh, another news about what is it called off the Oregon coast when the ocean heats up? It's called the blob. Yes, and uh, yeah, that is also a phenomenon that uh, uh, can be tied to climate change. And so uh, I'm not familiar right now exactly what the status of that is, uh, but that has been a recurring phenomenon uh, off the Oregon coast and other coasts as well. And so... Uh, it's, it's a big mass of heated water, and I think it occurred in 2014 and 15 and caused a bunch of sea lion pups to die because the mothers couldn't find enough food for them and yeah. uh, other impacts to the ocean. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and the other piece of, of that 
is the ocean acidification piece, which you know affects our our, our shellfish and the like. Uh, Dr. James Lubchenco, the uh, former head of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, uh, stated that uh, ocean acidification is global warming's evil twin. Mm. And uh, we had a, a guest speaker, Dr. Francis uh, Chan, uh, a couple of years back, who talked about uh, how ocean acidification is projected to get far worse because when the carbon dioxide, of course, combines with H2O, you, you get that acidification and jeopardizing uh, uh, the, the shellfish industry. And also, of course, the heating is, is uh, causing uh, uh, tremendous havoc uh, on the coral reefs all around the world, but particularly in Australia. And uh, the reefs, of course, are essential to uh, aquatic life. So there is this. Uh, there are a variety of, um, of impacts that uh, both are anticipated and unanticipated in regards to uh, global warming. And so when you look at one, and then it's easy to forget about the the other. But there's just a whole range of, of impacts. And uh, and that just points to the absolute necessity of raising our voices and and putting a stop to this uh, what I consider madness. So thank you for the uh, sponsoring the three events you talked about. Is there more events you want to talk about? Well, yeah, actually there there are four events. There was the, uh, uh, the September twentieth, uh, yeah, September twentieth, yeah. the co-sponsoring with the uh, watersheds on the twenty seventh. The uh, uh, Green and Solar Tour on October 5th, and the Economics uh, right. Forum on October 30th. So we're Got it. we're a busy crew, and uh, and we look forward to uh, participation uh, uh, by our supporters and anyone else who uh, wishes to uh, learn about the positive solutions uh, to uh, uh, climate change. Tell us a little bit about the Douglas County Global Warming Coalition because you are a busy crew and you're bringing us such important events here. Yeah, we, um, you know, we uh, started uh, roughly 16 years ago, and uh, we have uh, approximately uh, 450 uh, uh, people on our, our mailing list, and uh, we are involved in a variety of efforts legislatively, as uh, I touched upon in terms of. Uh, uh, the uh, House bill that uh, we uh, supported. Um, mm-hmm. We, uh, in the past, worked on other legislative issues like a renewable portfolio standard, which uh, required a certain percentage of our electricity to come from renewable energy, and a shifting away from uh, coal uh, to uh, clean energy. Uh, of course, we've sponsored the uh, Green and Solar Tour for 18 years. We organized the uh, Earth Day and Energy Fair, or, we, or at least we help organize that. Um, and How can people um, contact you, join, and donate? Uh, they can contact me. Uh, my phone number is 541 and uh, my address is 143 Southeast Lane in Roseburg. So if they wish to uh, learn more about uh, the coalition, uh, they can either mail me or, uh, or, or 
phone me. Uh, either one would be just fine. And, uh, and I'd be more than happy to furnish our newsletter as well as any additional information that they, um, they, they require. And people can send donations to that address that you gave. And I'm also going to put your Facebook page link in the, in the description of this podcast. So that would be just fine. So. Okay, well, well, it sounds great. And, and just uh, cover it one more time. Um, September 20th, we all need to show up to uh, demand uh, climate action. And that is uh, 12 to 1 o'clock at Fred Meyers on September 20th. We're on, on Garden Valley Boulevard in front of Fred Meyers. So. Right. Yeah. right, right, Garden Valley Boulevard in front of Fred Meyers. Right. Uh, seven days later, on uh, Friday, September 27th, uh, there is the symposium at the library on protecting the headwaters in extreme climates. And uh, we're going to have some speakers at that event talking about our water here in Douglas County, very important, at September 27th, 6 to 9 p.m. And then on October 5th, at 9 a.m., there is the Smart Energy Tour, and it's going to start from the Fish Food Pantry, 405 Jerry's Drive, and you have to pre-register for that. So I've got the phone number and the email for that pre-registration down in the description on the podcast. Great. And uh, just real quickly, that phone number to pre-register is 541-672-9819. And the email is solar tour sign up at gmail.com. That's right. And finally, on October 30th, 6.30 at the library, the Roseburg Library, uh, we're going to have a talk on the, uh, on moving toward a fossil fuel free future. And some very interesting speakers there. So that's October 30th at 6.30 at the library. That's right. So. And so we can learn a lot about what we can do at these events, and we can voice our demand at the first event coming up uh, Friday, October, uh, September 20th, the that's Climate right. March. And we will be marching with the entire United States on September. September 20th. It will be a That's part a, of a national, or is it an international movement? It's an international movement, so we'll be uh, showing solidarity with many people across the globe. Yes, and I, for one, look forward to being able to put my voice to that international movement. That's great. While climate change will not impact me or you to a great extent because of our age, oh, the youth. Oh, yes. Are in dire trouble. We really have to protect them. That's absolutely right. That is, that is uh, where my heart and soul is. Any final words, Stuart? Well, I I just uh, want everybody to uh, recognize and join us in uh, knowing that this is the critical issue of our time, and uh, we need to work together. And only by working together. Can we uh, make a difference? Thank you. We have been talking with Stuart Leibowitz, 
who is one of the founding members of the Douglas County Global Warming Coalition. Thank you, Stuart, very much for talking with us on conservation today. Thanks, Francis. And this is your host, Francis Evans.